this is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in his power and love even now as you listen. Open your Bibles to the first chapter of John this morning. If you're using one of the Bibles in the pews, it's page 886. And today we are beginning a new series that will take us through Easter and a couple of weeks beyond Easter. And I'm calling this series, Who is Jesus? We're going to study the Gospel of John together and seek to answer that question. Who is Jesus? And today we begin with what scholars refer to as the prologue of the Gospel of John. It's the first 18 verses of chapter 1. So take your copy of God's Word and follow along with me. Let's begin with John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless this study of the Gospel of John as we begin it today. Father, for those of us who already know Christ as our Savior, may we emerge from these weeks of studying John knowing him better knowing Him in a deeper way, knowing Him afresh, loving Him more, and understanding His love for us more. Lord, for anyone here who has not yet trusted in Jesus as Savior and welcomed Him into their life as Savior and King, then Father, I pray that over these weeks that you would open the eyes of their heart to see who Jesus is and his great love for them, the good news about him, and to trust in him and come to know him in a personal way. 
And so, Father, you know where all of us are today. You know every need in our life better than we know it ourselves, really. Lord, would you speak to each one of us, meet us at the point of our deepest need today by the power of your Spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. One time a friend invited me to his home out in the country. And as I drove through long, winding country roads looking for his house, at one point I wasn't sure where I was, made a cell phone call to make sure. And then I looked up and I saw his house. And my friend had been too modest to say this to me, but his house was a really large house, a big house, a a grand house. And it had a, a long driveway in the front. So I turned down the driveway and my friend came out in the driveway to meet me. There's some similarities between that incident and the gospel that we're about to study. John is a, is a grand gospel. It's a big gospel, and it has a driveway that introduces us to it. And that's the first 18 verses of chapter 1, the prologue of John. That's like the, the driveway into this gospel. And today, we're going to drive down this driveway... And our friend, the Lord Jesus, is going to come out to meet us. So what do we see here in the prologue of John? First of all, we see who Jesus is. In the first three verses, John clears up a lot, doesn't he? He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John clears up a lot of things about Jesus right in these opening three verses, doesn't he? He, tells, he clears up a lot of the, the mystery about the identity of Christ, but in a way, the thrill ride of this gospel has just begun. There are two kinds of thrillers that I enjoy reading. One is like John Grisham novels, whodunit mysteries that, that keep you guessing, and usually it's a legal case or something like that, and you don't know until the very end what really is going on, who the villain was, and that type of thing, and, and how all of this is just going to tie together. And so you stay up all hours of the night just kind of breathlessly turning pages because you can't wait to get to the end and see what's actually happening here. That's one kind of thriller. But there's another kind of thriller, like Laura Hillenbrand's book, Unbroken, about World War II hero Louis Zamperini. Now, you know in that case that Zamperini makes it through the war because there are pictures of him in the book as an older man. And so you, may, you know he survives the war, but there are layers and layers of mystery and intrigue that you don't know. Like, how did he survive two months in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in a little lifeboat with almost no food or water and sharks circling all around? How did he survive two and a half years of torture as a a POW in a a Japanese POW camp? How did he deal with the psychological wounds and the trauma after the war, how was his heart healed to the point that he could even forgive those who had tortured him? Well, the answers to all of those questions are absolutely fascinating. And so I found myself just, once I started it, I was just completely unable to put this book down. The Gospel of John is sort of like that second kind of thriller. 
Because we know from the very beginning, from these opening verses, John tells us who Jesus is. Jesus is God. The rest of the book is about why John has reached that conclusion and why you should reach that conclusion. And the fact that John has reached this conclusion is a powerful witness in and of itself because John knew Jesus as well as any other person on earth. John was not only one of the twelve, but he was part of that inner core of three, that inner circle of three. And so when you read the Gospel of John, it becomes very apparent what you're reading. You're reading the words of someone who had a very tight, intimate friendship with Jesus. The Gospel of John is full of details that could only be given by an eyewitness. And so John is someone who is as close to Jesus and knows him as well as any other person on this earth. And look at the conclusion that John has reached about him. Now that's, that's a powerful testimony in and of itself. The fact that someone who knew him this well comes to this conclusion about who Jesus is. You know, if, if any of us were to claim to be God, it would probably not be a good idea for us to start by trying to convince our family members of that, okay? If I'm going to claim to be God, I'm not going to start by trying to convince Melissa, okay? I can promise you that, or Caleb, or Courtney, or Kathy, or anybody who knows me the best. John is someone who knows Jesus the best, and look at the conclusion that John has reached about Jesus. So what does he tell us here about who Jesus is? In, in verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It says Jesus is God in the very first verse. And yet, Jesus is also distinct from God the Father. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And here, John is giving us the building blocks for the doctrine of the Trinity, that there's one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, some anti-Trinitarian groups have actually altered the wording of John 1.1 because if they retained it as it is, their whole system of belief would collapse. And so, for instance... Jehovah's Witnesses' scriptures would say in John 1, 1 that the Word was like a God. The problem is that the Greek just doesn't say that. Um, it says that, that the Word was God, that, that Jesus is God. It's a point that John underscores by what he says about Jesus in verse 3. He talks about Jesus as the Creator. Now, it's interesting. How does John begin his gospel in the very first verse? In the beginning. How does the Bible begin? The first words of the Bible in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John begins his gospel with the same first three words as Genesis. This is not an accident. This is by design. He's saying here that Jesus is the creator. So what does he say about him in verse 3? All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus 
can't be in the created category because he's a creator. Jesus is not in the made category because he's the maker. Jesus had no beginning because he was there in the beginning. By the way, why does John refer to Jesus here as the word? Well, think about how we express ourselves. We express ourselves through words. And what John is saying here in referring to Jesus as the word is he's saying that Jesus is God expressing himself. That Jesus is the very self-expression of God. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. It's probably another reason why he uses that term for Jesus' word. And that was because a lot of the people that were reading the Gospel of John, his original readers, came from a Greek background in which the word was sort of like a rational principle that they thought undergirded the universe. They thought of the word as sort of a principle that, that helped make sense out of life. And what John is doing in using that term for Jesus is he's saying that actually what is going to make sense out of life, help you make sense out of life, is not a principle, but a person. And he's getting ready to tell us about that person. So we see who Jesus is, and then secondly, we see what Jesus gives Let's look at verses 4 through 9. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now, seven times in verses 4 through 9, John uses the word light. And he says that John the Baptist, the forerunner, came first. And he prophesied about Jesus. And he said that the Messiah, the true light, is coming. Get ready. And one night in Bethlehem, he came. But the very way that he came demonstrated that the light was coming into a very dark world. A world so dark that a young girl in labor was refused a hotel room to deliver her child. A world that was under the domination of a pagan empire, Rome, whose emperor, the Caesar, had declared himself to be God. A world in which the nation that was chosen by God to be a light to all the other nations, Israel had lost its way. The Jewish people were expecting the Messiah, but a very different kind of Messiah than Jesus, with the result that when he came, most of his own people rejected him. Verses 10 and 11, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Think of the irony of that statement. He came to his own And his own people did not receive him. Now, Jewish people were expecting the Messiah, but they were expecting the Messiah to be a 
political Messiah, like a politician who was going to restore Israel to national glory and prominence. Jesus came with a different agenda, actually a much bigger agenda. N.T. Wright says this in his book, Simply Jesus, about Jewish expectations at the time. He says they were looking for a builder to construct the home they thought they wanted, but he was the architect coming with a new plan that would give them everything they needed. They were looking for a singer to sing the song that they had been humming for a long time, but he was the composer bringing them a new song. But it was not a song that most of them were prepared to sing. And so most did not receive him, but some did. And John tells us about that in verses 12 and 13. He says, but to all who did receive him. Have you received him? (laughs) Have you welcomed Jesus into your life as your Savior, your Lord, your King? Have you received him? Have you believed in his name? Have you trusted in Christ? Have you come to rely upon the finished work of Christ for you? Then you're in this gospel. You're in the gospel of John. Did you know that? If you've received Jesus, if you've believed on him, yes, you're here. You're here. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you've believed in Jesus, received him into your life, you are in this gospel and something has happened to you. And John tells us what has happened. He says that we have... You've become a child of God. You have been adopted as a beloved son or daughter of God. And not only that, but you have been made new. You've experienced a new birth. That's very vital that we understand this because this is what the Gospel of John is all about. This is what Christianity is all about. If you were to ask just the average person on the street, you know, in these days in our culture, people are, a lot of people are thinking spiritual thoughts and things like that, and maybe Christianity is on the cover of different magazines and things like that this time of year. But if you were to ask the average person on the street, what is Christianity about? They would say, well, you know, it's kind of a, it's about developing the spiritual side of your life, or it's about becoming a better person. But that's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not about just doing better and trying harder or, you know, turning over a new leaf, getting your act together, behavior modification, um, developing the spiritual side of your life. Christianity is not really about becoming a more spiritual person or becoming a better person. It's about becoming a new person. It's about being made new. It's about experiencing a new birth, being given a new heart. So there's a process of transformation from the inside out that's taking place in our lives because we've been given new hearts, we've been made new. Now how does that happen? Well, we're made new through news. (laughs) That's the gospel. It's, it's the word of the gospel that the whole, we, hear, we hear the message about Jesus, we hear the news, the good news, 
and the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and gives us a new heart and makes us new. We hear the news about Jesus, and we see some of that news in verses 14 through 18. He says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became a human being. This is the message of Christmas. He came to us to identify with us, to rescue us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. There's a fable about some men in India who were born blind. And these men who were born blind were taken into a courtyard and there was a huge elephant standing in the courtyard. And so one of the men went up to the elephant and touched his trunk. And he said, an an elephant is like a snake. And another went up and touched his tusk. And he said, an elephant is like a spear. And another went up and touched his ear and he said, an elephant is like a fan. And another touched his leg, and he said, an elephant is like a tree. And another touched his side, and he said, an elephant is like a wall. And another touched his tail, and he said, an elephant is like a rope. There are all kinds of misconceptions about what God is like, or incomplete pictures of of what God is like. But John is saying that when we look at Jesus, we get a full picture of what God is like. If you want to know God, if you want to know what he's like, then read the Gospel of John. He's here. Look at Jesus. In Jesus, we see a complete picture of what God is like. Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So when we look at Jesus and when we look at his work, We see God, we see that he created the world, as John is saying in John 1. We see that Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature, that he's upholding the universe by the word of his power, and that he made purification for sins. And how did he do that? Through the cross. And now he has ascended to the right hand of the majesty on high, and he is coming again. Now, what does John tell us here in, 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 this, in this verse about, about who Jesus is? Uh, he, says that, he says that as we look at Jesus, that we see the glory of God. As we walk through the Gospel of John, we're going to see that in the first 11 chapters of John, it's structured around seven signs 
that Jesus does. Seven miracles that he does. And all of these miracles are meant to display his glory. And we're go- so we're going to see through this the glory of God on display. When we look at Jesus, we see God's glory. When we look at Jesus, we see God's truth. It says that, that Jesus was, was full of grace and truth. We're going to see as we walk through this gospel that Jesus teaches the truth in a way that no one had ever taught it and no one will ever teach it again. And so we're going to see truth on display. But you know what? The Bible says that we're so seriously damaged by sin that sinners like us need more than truth. We need to know more than the truth that we have, that we have sinned against. We've, we've known the truth, and yet we fail to live up to what we know, the truth that we know. We've at points in our lives said, I can't handle the truth. Don't give me that. And we've not lived up to it, to the truth. And so sinners like us need more than truth. We need more than God's law, which we've all broken. We need grace. And in this gospel, John tells us that we we see grace upon grace. Grace on top of grace. Abounding grace. And we're going to see how in Jesus all of this is brought together. We're going to see how Jesus takes the truth of God and the law of God so seriously that he, he, can't, he can't sweep our disobedience beneath the rug. It's got to be punished. It must be punished because he's holy and righteous and full of truth. But he is so full of grace that in love he takes our punishment upon himself. He says, put it on me. And then we see that after doing that and dying on the cross for our sins, in glory, Jesus rises from the dead. And one day it's coming again, and you can know him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this glorious good news of the gospel. Lord, for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, Lord, we, we want to know you more. We, we yearn for a deeper relationship with you. We pray that you would help us to understand through this gospel the extent of your love for us in a deeper way. And that that knowledge of your love would, for us would just be absolutely transforming and that it would result in a deeper love for you and for other people. Father, I pray for anyone here today who has not come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Father, I pray that you would work in their hearts, that you would open the eyes of their hearts to see Him, to love Him, to trust Him, to see how much You love them and that they would respond in love for You. 
we just continue to, to bow in prayer. It could be that that's where you are today. You've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've believed things about Jesus. But that's really not what saves someone. We're saved by believing in Jesus, by trusting in Him, receiving Him into our lives in a personal way as Savior and Lord. And if God is working in your heart to do that, why delay? Do that now. The door is open for you. Jesus says, come to me. Trust me. Receive me. If you're here today and that's where you are and you've just got questions that you want to ask about it, want someone to pray with, I'm going to be here after the service. I'll be here right now during our time of invitation. Just come. Let's talk about it. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and God's working in your life to be a part of this church family. We want to invite you to come today as well. Our our people want to meet you and welcome you. If you're here just in a need in your life, need a prayer, you want to pray with someone or come and pray at our altar, it's open for you to do that. So, Father, we give you now this time of decision. Lord, would you work in hearts for the sake of your glory? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust in his finished work for me. In his name I pray, amen. You know, the Bible says this in John 1.12, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that means that if you've received Christ, God has adopted you as his beloved child, his very own son or daughter. Just imagine it. Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth, is now your loving father, and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you want to spend time with him. We get to know God through his word, through prayer, and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where his love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. I'd love to meet you and help you in your Christian journey. I would love to connect you to some other people who love the Lord and who would love you too. Come to one of our services. We worship at 8.30 and 11 on Sunday mornings. Be sure to speak to me before or after the service. Maybe you live outside our area. I'd love for you to write me. My email is pastor at fbcsuffolk.org. Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.